Good morning, listeners. Please prepare for takeoff as we're about to get started on our journey to getting global. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Maddie, and we're going around the world to introduce you to the people I meet on my daily travels. The past two years, we were getting golden with my previous podcast, but now we are taking things to a whole other level by going global. I'm so excited to introduce you to my incredible guests who I've met on planes, trains, and lines, and even those who I sat next to in random locations. At the end of the day, you never know who is around you and what amazing stories they have to share. I hope this inspires you to introduce yourself to someone new today. Let's get started. So this is a pretty interesting and also very exciting first episode that I'm so excited for you guys to listen to. This is so random, but here is the background behind how I met John and why I'm so excited to interview him and to show you guys his story. So I took a flight from Portugal back to Phoenix when I spent some time over in Lisbon and it was phenomenal. 10 out of 10 recommend. What a beautiful place. And I have this like 19 hour layover in Toronto on my way to Phoenix. And it was so difficult, the whole layover process. And I was like, I don't want to just waste my time when I'm in a whole other country. I haven't explored Canada where I have this 19 hour layover, this awesome opportunity to go explore. So I took a train from there to downtown. um, And that was really neat. I got to explore Toronto and just kind of check it out this guy sat next to me and I was really surprised, like not really expecting people to sit next to me, but he was super nice. And I started asking him questions like, are you from here? Things like that. Cause I'm trying to get recommendations to go around Toronto in, you know, only a few hours that I have there. So I asked him some questions and he immediately was super open and talkative. And I really appreciated that. It was a really good conversation and told me about all the things he was involved in. So we were caught up in conversation and I was telling him about my journey to Portugal when all of a sudden I see that we're at the stop and the doors are closing and it looks like it's a stop I'm supposed to get off on. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get off here. I think it's the train to downtown. And he's like, oh wait, I'm going there too. I'll just come with you. So I was like, okay, great. I have a travel buddy. So I hop off the train, like right before the doors close on me. And then I get off to what looks like the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, this was not the stop. And to my surprise, no one got off the train either. So I was like, I think we were supposed to go with everyone else. And we just got off at the wrong stop. So I looked at Google Maps to see how much an Uber would take, a bus, all these scenarios. It's about a 35, 40 minute drive to where I'm trying to go. And I'm like, I'm not trying to take an Uber down there. It's just going to be crazy. I'm freezing in the middle of nowhere. We were running around trying to figure out how to hop on another train. And we found another one that took us directly to the station we were hoping to go to. Yeah, that was a little bit about that journey. I was really shocked that I had the courage to be calm in that situation, especially given that I was with someone at the time who I believe was like a stranger, but I'm grateful that he was really kind and open and honest with me and we were able to figure it out. And he was super, super nice. So John, I thank you for that. Um, And yeah, that was, it was a really crazy, crazy journey, but this is the one I'm kicking it off with. 
and I'm so excited. He just has such incredible insight on life and a lot of really great things to share. So I'm excited for you all to hear from John. So without further ado, here's the interview I have with John. Well, hello, my name's John. Uh, I'm a, <laughs> a Canadian living in Vancouver, Canada. Um, what led me to the train station? Well, I, I um, was visiting my family um, in Toronto. Um, and yeah, I, I got off the got off the plane and and jumped on the the sort of I guess it's a, a airport to Union Station train, and uh, yeah, I sat beside you and and then yeah, and then, actually I don't know if you want to tell the story about how we like <laughs> got off the wrong stop and then had to like you know find a way back to Union Station, but uh, yeah, so I, was, I I visit my family every every um, winter. And of course, I missed last year because of uh, COVID. So I was actually stuck all by myself and it was, you know, kind of depressing. So it was like my first year in two years that I went to Toronto to visit my my family. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what led me to the train station. I am um, I'm a theater theater guy, so um, I'm always traveling around anyway. So COVID sort of made a big impact on that. Uh, yeah, acting. Um, producing, uh, designing, um, tech, I'm a theater tech. So I kind of go where the, the, the jobs are. And, uh, so I've been kind of cooped up in Vancouver for a while. Uh, I guess it's, it's worse places to be cooked, cooped up in, but yeah, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's my story in a nutshell, but, uh, I can expand of course. <laughs> yeah. And tell us about acting. I, I think it's so unique. Um, like everything that you're doing and you have the opportunity to travel and do something that you love. Can you expand on that a little bit more for the listeners? Yeah, I'm, uh, I consider myself really lucky. I try to remind myself that, um, even though I might not be super rich, I'm, I'm lucky that I do what I love. And, you know, I, sometimes I see people who are like doing nine to five business jobs. They might like it, who knows. Right. But, um, I, I feel I'm very lucky. I get to, to, you know, travel around, uh, again, COVID notwithstanding. Um, I, uh, I, I, there's a fringe festival circuit. I, I, I know, um, um, Phoenix has one. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure Phoenix has, you're in Phoenix, not, not Flagstaff. You're in Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix, yeah. Phoenix. So, so it's a fringe festival circuit and it, and it, what, what they are is their, uh, theater festivals. So, um, anyone can sort of join this theater festival circuit. You can, uh, submit your show and then you get drawn and, uh, yeah, you get to do perform at their fringe. So North America actually around the world has dozens, dozens of fringe festivals from, you know, Edinburgh was the first one, um, 50, 60 years ago, started this fringe festival for independent theater artists. And, um, that's sort of where I've just been making my living. I haven't been to Edinburgh yet, which is the, the largest in the world, but I've been all around North America doing their fringe festivals and um, yeah, producing my own work. And uh, I friggin' love it. I think it's, I think it's great. You know, um, being to these cities where I never would ever go to otherwise, you know, like um, uh, New Orleans and for friggin love new orleans <laughs> yeah new orleans is great and uh uh fresno california i i would never have gone to fresno <laughs> had it not been for a theater circuit um orlando of course which is actually would be one of my favorites if not my favorite um say what you want about central florida they're really nice people it's really weird <laughs> <laughs> you know the media is always giving florida a hard time <laughs> I, no and it's crazy and i go there i'm like Everyone is super nice, but 
course, we have our own little, we're like theater people. So we, you know, we already know what to talk about. As soon as you get to a city, you, you know. Um, so yeah, Minneapolis. So those are the American ones. I've been to a few, um, New York. But uh, yeah, across Canada. And that's just sort of how I've made my living and just sort of branched out to like being a, a theater tech as well and just doing other things in the, in the theater industry. Um, and yeah, I've just, it's been, uh, it's been a blessing. I really, I really enjoy it. I really, really like it. Yeah. Wow. Well, I definitely encourage you to hop on a plane and get to Edinburgh when you have the chance. I spent some time there and I just absolutely fell in love with Edinburgh. Probably one of my favorite cities I've ever been to. Um, it's fantastic, but I didn't know that that was one of the first, if not, you said the first first, city to have the French festivals. Wow. That's incredible. Highly recommend. How long have you been involved with the fringe festivals? My first fringe, and this is going to age me, but then again, this is only on a podcast. <laughs> People aren't looking at me anyway. Uh, my first fringe was 1993 in uh, wow. Winnipeg, uh, and I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and that's sort of when I fell in love with it. I started touring regularly in 2000 with um, with an independent theater company. And uh, yeah, so we just did shows every year. Um, next year I'm planning to go to Australia, which has, um, another super large Perth has a, I think the third largest in the world. Um, so wow. doing that next year. So, you know, fingers crossed, of course. And yeah, we've been doing a bunch of different shows from different playwrights. Uh, did a, did a musical, did an absurd show. Uh, next year I'm going to be, uh, touring a show um that i wrote for the my first time i wrote a show i actually wrote one who knew <laughs> so i did uh here's another little story um so my mother passed away in 2018 uh um she had a mm-hmm. dementia battle and um so i was her, while she was still alive i i moved in with her to become her caregiver and you know just take care of her right and um, I always, you know, I, I, I wanted to sort of put that into, into my, my story about taking care of her, put that into sort of into words. And uh, also when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I was like a, kind of a badass. Uh, I was like, I wasn't a very good kid. I was kind of troubled and all that, ADHD kid. Um, uh, and um, so I had a few stories about that. So I decided to sort of write a, a, um, a play one one person solo show uh, about those two stories, like juxtaposed, um, braided, right? So it means like there's uh, a story about me stealing my mom's car, and then the next is me, you know, taking mom to Starbucks, you know. So it's it's it kind of goes back and forth, and yeah, I thought that might you know make a make a good story. So I finished writing it a few months ago. Um, supposed to go to New York and get it directed. But uh, COVID, um, so <laughs> gonna have to wait until I think the the spring to go. Uh, okay. My director lives in Brooklyn, and um, yeah, no, it's called. Uh, I call it "How I Met My Mother." Hmm? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so it's gonna be so touring creative. circuit next uh, next spring or next summer. Yeah, and people. Oh my can, gosh! Yeah, people can go to how i met my mother.ca not .com this is canada so .ca <laughs> get all the info you want on on it how i met my mother.ca there you have it everyone That's- you can learn more about it <laughs> how i met your mother.ca <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm sort of working on passionately now, uh, in between, you know, doing 
as a, I'm a gig worker, right? So that's what we call gig workers, um, just taking gigs as they come. So you you name it, I've I've done some weird gigs. I worked at a choir music folder factory. Uh, gosh, I worked at a gambling horse racing website. Um, uh, I do like standardized patient things where you pretend to be sick for students. And uh, you know, like, oh, I got diabetes. Oh, take these pills. And then you, they march, they don't march. <laughs> so I played some really weird, like, I am not 80. Or I am, one time I played like, like a 30 year old pregnant woman. I was like, what? That's, you really need actors when you're doing that. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's actually so interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um, where do you, where do you continue to get your creativity from? Do you ever, especially when you're writing um, your own story as well, do you ever get writer's block or do you ever struggle with that? And how do you get that creativity to come back? Well, this is sort of a new, even though I've been producing and doing other people's plays for 30, 28 years, uh, I've never written my own. So this was pent up, like writing this story myself was pent up over three or three or four years. And so when I finally decided to get, you know, a couple mentors to help me out write this, it was really easy. I just went blang and I kind of burst out. <laughs> now where I'm getting the writer's block now is sort of what they call the dramaturgy is doing the editing and um, taking out bits that you, you like, but it just doesn't fit in the story and, and trying, to, trying to add to it. So, so I have sort of had a, a little bit of writer's block that way. Um, I was really inspired to do this show, obviously coming from my own heart. So I didn't really find a problem, but I know it's there. I know that sooner or later I'm gonna write something. You know, my next play, I wanna write a story about, um, now, now I got the bug writer's bug uh i want to <laughs> write a story about anger just just about anger because like it is everywhere now and it's more mm -hmm. like it's in society now and it's getting worse and worse like every day there's like you know you go on tiktok and you the public freakouts now those are funniest don't get me wrong <laughs> funny but it's like it really is everywhere and comment boards and traffic and it just gets mm -hmm. And I, and I think that would be an interest, interesting subject to sort of talk about. So I probably will get some. And I think maybe my inspiration is knowing or imagining that people might get really interested um, in hearing and seeing your story. So that's what sort of kind of gets, you know, gives me a little bit more if I'm if I'm struggling. Um, yeah, it's, it's I'm like, OK, well, I know people are going <clears> to <throat> going to like this. Excuse me. People are going to like this. People are going to want to see this. And that's what helps if I ever have sort of kind of sort of writer's block. So that's what's going to help with writing the story about anger, because I think it's important to, to start talking about and really address how there's so much anger now. Like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I live in Canada and I, I can only imagine how it how it's like where it, down in the States where, you, you know, two factions starting to just hate each other. It's like, why? Like, why? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that would be a really good topic to discuss and to bring up and to kind of make people more aware. Um, is there any like message you would love to get across in that story? I know you're probably still kind of developing that, but at top of mind, can you think of anything that you would want people well, to like realize based off of the story? Yeah. So, excuse me. Um, there are two so there are two sort of there's a bunch of different kind of types of stories to write one is called a polemic and that's um 
when you write about what's basically what's wrong in the world and how to fix it. Um, like John Oliver, he's like your he's like your classic polemic fella. And so that aspect of the story I want to write about, like we have a problem with anger within society now. It's getting worse, and this is how you can fix it. How can we fix it? I'm going to have to sort of maybe realize or sort of um, study and research maybe on how the best ways to do it. Um, I mean, I think it, it, it involves with just people have to start admitting when they're wrong and, and normalize it. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, no, you are wrong. Uh, I'm sorry, but, um, you know, aliens aren't, or like lizards aren't um, in government right now, like masked as human. <laughs> sorry, but you're wrong, you know, or the earth is actually round. Sorry, you're wrong. And just like admitting, okay, well, maybe... Maybe I'm not right here. Sorry to any of the listeners who actually think that the earth is flat and that lizards lizards are actually in the U.S. government. <laughs> maybe you're wrong. Like, you know, like, or maybe maybe I'm wrong. And if, hey, if someone can prove to me that, you know, there are lizards, you know, if uh, Joe Biden's actually a lizard, you know, <laughs> let me know and then I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong. So that's maybe one, one aspect. I also want to sort of deal with maybe sort of my anger now. I might not seem like mm -hmm. an angry person, but um, diagnosed ADHD, behavior impulsivity, there has been times. So um, I sort of deal with sort of how maybe a personal story about how, you know, my father was an angry fella and sort of how that has affected my life and how I've sort of um, worked uh, worked to to combat that and combat, I, Larry's using combat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, so that could be also be a, um, I don't know, the more I talk about it with you right now, the more I sort of get inspired because it's just like in the head right now. It's not really come out to paper yet. Right. I agree. And I think those are really fascinating points. I think that's really strong, too, that you're kind of writing it for some personal reflection because that's a huge mindset changer as well, which I think is super incredible. Um, and I agree, like I, I definitely am like a road rage type of person and I would love to not be, but I just can't help it. Oh, yeah. Um, but to me, I kind of rationalize that because I'm like, okay, you know what, at least I'm aware and at least I'm aware of what other people are doing on the road and what I'm doing on the road. Maybe I should just channel that and just be quiet and be more aware, like, well, you know, try to shift that mindset rather than just turning straight to anger of being like, how can I turn this anger into more awareness? And so I think people just get stuck in this comfort zone of being like, oh, I'm right. And I'm angry about people not thinking the way I'm thinking or not doing what I'm doing. Cause I would get angry over people on the road, not driving the same way I'm driving. What if I'm driving wrong? So it's like a whole thing. It's like a whole circle. Um, so I think that's really cool. Fascinating topic. Well, I also just like anger is, is meant to be a defense mechanism, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it's sort of raw form. Like, you know, if someone almost hits you in their car, you're going to want to not die. And the best way to not <laughs> die is go, you know, ah, don't hit me. But, you know, then we get so, we get addicted to that chemical, I guess, the anger chemical. I don't know. I have to do mm -hmm. more research. Um, so that, you know, just someone driving slow in front of you, it's not a direct threat to you, but you're so, you're so like addicted to that anger that it's like, damn you. Now I get bike rage. I'm, I don't have a car, but I bike. Bike rage. And I almost get hit with on the bike almost every day. And so I've, I've tried, sometimes it's just a knee jerk reaction, but I've tried to be like, smile at while I'm giving them shit. <laughs> that makes sense. Be like, 
no i don't know if you have traffic circles but we have traffic circles and it's just yeah like, we have traffic circles <laughs> and so it's like and i don't you know it's hard hard people don't know the rules of traffic circles you know even if they're little you know residential ones and i'm in this traffic circle on my bike and someone goes right in front I'm like you know you almost hit me and sometimes i try to like smile at them while i'm giving giving them shit so i don't know who knows but yeah no no the, the road that's a major that's yeah it's almost like like us as humans have like doomed ourselves since since the beginning of the 20th century like you know we invented cars okay so you know cars now that's like one way to get angry at people we, we invented planes, <laughs> right now planes everyone's angry at planes now and of course planes are you're always anxious on a plane so ang anxiety leads to anger so there's you know so and then of course social media which is like well, what do you do there <laughs> i know so many different mediums of just channeling different emotions which is insane and it's crazy like we're in two different countries at two completely different parts of our countries and um, we have like the similar situations with this anger and all these things especially social media and all this stuff so yeah that, that's pretty fascinating as well it's like the first thing you see you got to i know we should probably move on to some other subject but when you first <laughs> like most people and me included and i know i should probably stop this and most people should and most people say they should but you you roll over and you look at your phone right and then mm. you end up going on instagram or facebook or TikTok, and you're scrolling you're just scrolling and other whether it be comments or just like public freakouts you're seeing it like the first thing you see is like someone getting angry and they and of course facebook or whatever wants to put the most you know provocative comment that that you see <laughs> even if it's a stranger and it's usually someone with the absolute opposite political view as yourself so you know it's just it's frustrating ah there you it go is. <laughs> it's, saddening. <laughs> it's saddening you know it's like mm. you know I, I moved to okay so i'm just gonna I'm going to say it. Sorry, listeners, but I'm a, I'm a liberal minded dude. So I'm a, a, what we call a lefty. So I guess I don't know what people down, down in America call it, but I'm a liberal minded dude. And I, uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I'm all about sort of equality and, you know, gay rights and, you know, all that stuff. So when I moved to, I, I moved to a small town in Nova Scotia, which was a conservative town, completely conservative town. And everyone's like, oh, how are you going to, you're going to hate it. Everyone's going to hate, you're going to hate it. Everyone's going to hate you. You're going to hate everybody. Nope. <laughs> they were not, they were super nice. I hate to break it to you, but people on the who don't don't like our, our, our political views aren't bad people. <laughs> and I got <laughs> and I got along with them and you know and a couple of my friends. So I have a friend who, you know, we both like hockey. So we both talk about hockey and he ran for like the Conservative Party. We call it the Conservative Party. And you know, it's like we have common ground. We do like people, you know, like we can get along. Like we don't have to hate each other, you know. So that's sort of the thing that that someone brought up. It's like the left, the lefty people uh, value equality more than freedom, and righty people vol uh, value freedom over equality. <laughs> so where do you, where do you draw? You know, where do you have a compromise? You know. You can value both. <laughs> value, but... you, know, you can value both. But then what <laughs> then maybe some freedom comes at the cost of some equality and maybe some equality comes at the cost of some freedom. Well, where do you draw where do you compromise? You know? I, I you know, I I have some friends on my social media who are just like so angry um <laughs> at like right right wing people and I'm just like that's doesn't help. I'm sorry, but it doesn't help. 
and of course on the other side you know on the other side as well i don't know anybody on my social media who are righties but i see it in tiktok comments you know just like none of that stuff helps and it's going to tear right. us apart it's going to tear us apart it's going to tear you <laughs> apart first and you're going to tear us apart next anyways yeah that's yeah. why <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that too. And I, I, well said, honestly, I completely agree with you. Um, that's one reason why I think I love to travel so much and meet different peoples because like people just get so comfortable in their little bubble and their social media bubble and all these things that they just don't break out and meet the people around them and get to know their stories. And that's one of the reasons why I hope this podcast is a huge breakthrough and you know whether whether it succeeds whether it doesn't I'm happy that I have people that are even listening to this that are wanting to you know meet from I guess strangers I guess because they don't they don't know you they're getting to know you through the show and hearing your amazing story and your insights and so now I I hope that this is everyone's opportunity and inspiration to go meet new people and to step out of their comfort zone and to see the things you have in common even with people from completely different countries or like different backgrounds. Like we all grew up and have completely different stories. I think it's just cool to find that out. So I wanted to ask you and kind of shift this a little bit, but on the topic of comfort zones, how do you build up the courage? Because I know, you know, you're um, an actor and you do all these amazing things and you talk to me and I was a complete stranger on a train and now you're here on my show. How do you build up the courage to do things that would most people wouldn't want to do? Like most people would fear, they wouldn't want to step out of their comfort zone. Like to me, that's a total like stepping, and maybe that is your comfort zone. I don't know. Like maybe you love that. Cause I, I love that stuff too, but I, I didn't always, at one point I was afraid. So how do you develop the courage to step out and do those things? Well, I'm going to have to go way back to try to, to, try to answer that question. I'm not sure because <laughs> I'm now I'm after 30 odd years or less than maybe 28 years. Um, I am I'm just comfortable, you know, stepping on stage and, and doing a show. Uh, obviously, I get stage fright and uh, I, I get nervous. I think, you know, if I think back, um, it wasn't really a question of that. I I um, was failing school. I was just had no this is back in the you know 90s i had no sort of future really i didn't know i think i wanted to be a rapper and uh discovered <laughs> musical theater so i just started taking musical theater and it didn't take me long to sort of get that comfort um you know like but um and how i combat sort of stage fright is you know sometimes you know there's uh one gig i do where i'm a stilt walker so and i i i'm in character so i'm a roving stilt walker like you see at universal or uh, Disney. And um, if I'm in a character, it's almost like I'm hiding inside the character. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know, it's maybe I'm talking a little bit metaphorically, but I like, I find myself like safe as somebody else. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes mm -hmm. sense. But let's say no, I'm, it does. Yeah, if I'm playing a, well, I did a Stillwalker where a gig where I'm a cowboy. So, you know, I'm, you know, whatever the cowboy, and I feel safe because me myself is inside so i'm not really being me does that make sense i'm not sure mm -hmm. <laughs> and how does it feel like being on the show and now you are being you have you had other opportunities where you could do the same 
Well, I've done a few podcasts. Podcasts are really fun to do. I, I like it because <laughs> I, I get, you know, this opportunity to yammer on about myself, which, you know, I, I'm a bit shy, but um, so, um, no, I, you know, I, I, I don't mind. This is fun. You know, I, I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that, that leads me to asking, and this is just beyond of curiosity too. What encouraged you to say yes to being on the show? Um, Cause I know for me, like, random girl on a train asking like hey do you want to be on my podcast and given our whole story of like getting on the off on the wrong train station and all these things too what encouraged you to say yes i think that's what (laughs) yeah um well i mean i i knew you were friendly i knew you were you know i could just tell that you weren't uh creepy uh and um, yeah so that was probably the first impression was like oh well you're not creepy and then of course we went on this little mini adventure like getting lost in a train station um so i thought you know when you asked me well i've done podcasts before so i yeah i just figured yeah why not you know it'd be fun (laughs) yeah it is fun would you ever want to start your own podcast and talk about like fringe festivals or any of your plays as well or anything that you're super passionate about and if so like what would it be well, you know, there was one thing, and this is so Canadian of me. Uh, <laughs> uh, me and my buddy wanted to start a hockey podcast. Uh, where, oh, yeah, where it's like, you know, one of the one of the <laughs> uh, one guy is like, so we we're, we're our hockey team is the Winnipeg Jets, um, which used to be uh, a little tidbit of history in Arizona hockey. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes used to be the first uh, iteration of the Winnipeg Jets in the 90s. And, the, in, and then in the 90s, the original Winnipeg Jets moved to Arizona and became the Phoenix Coyotes, who are now the Arizona Coyotes. But then we had, our, we had got a new team moved from Atlanta, moved to Winnipeg, and became this iteration of the Winnipeg Jets. Anyways, for any <laughs> three hockey fans out there in Arizona listening to this, including Austin Matthews, might be like, ooh, that's interesting. Or they might know. Anyway, so I wanted to start a hockey podcast where one person's like totally like negative about his team. Like, oh man, they're going to lose. Oh, fire, fire the coach. This is bad. And then the other person's like, no, no, no. And then mixed in with sort of stats. That's what that's oh. the, the, the podcast I wanted to do. Um, other than that, I haven't really thought of a podcast. You know, the, the main media that I use now um, is I like Instagram because it's just pictures. And, and I, I, I like to take this picture in the back, which, of course, you can't see because it's a podcast. But that's a picture I took. And, and I just, you know, I have I like to go sailing and take pictures of nature stuff. So that's sort of the main thing I like to do as far as a, a different outlet. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, that's a beautiful picture. Um, I love how the clouds are animated and moving in the back as well. Like that is so cool. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, do you have like a favorite book or a show or movie or podcast, even if you do listen to a lot of podcasts or or anything like that sort of medium um, that you kind of live by, like a mantra or anything or something that you just are super passionate about one of those? Oh, well, um, my favorite. Sorry, it's a lot. <laughs> but, um, see, well, my favorite play is a play called Letters in Wartime uh, by uh, a playwright named Kenneth Brown, who was mm. also my um, mentor. And it's um, it's an amazing play about two people who are separated in the onset of World War II. One goes uh, uh, off to fight in Europe and, and, and fly Lancaster bombers, and one stays in Edmonton, Alberta. 
uh, and they correspond over letters and then they grow apart. And then at the end, they come back together. No spoilers. And uh, <laughs> that is my favorite play. Um, it's not a, it's not like a world renowned play, but I think it's the best play in the world. Um, so that's, you know, I, I really enjoy that as far as um, TV shows, well, it changes, right? You know, it, it, it's hard to have an all time favorite for me, at least because every three months you're seeing, you know, the latest Spider-Man could be my favorite, but in like, you know, next year, <laughs> who knows? Uh, Schitt's Creek is probably my favorite current show. I love that show. <laughs> That's probably, you know, it's, uh, it's probably my favorite now. Um, but uh, obviously The Mandalorian is also one of my favorite shows. Mm -hmm. As a Gen Xer, yeah, uh, I really am a Star Wars uh, fan. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. Uh, let's try the movies. I I don't know I I like the sci-fi and the superhero movies I'm 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 kind of kind of like lame that way but um, I did see I started actually I watched all the Oscar buzz movies over Christmas with my sister and um, I really enjoyed Tick Tick Boom with uh, Andrew Garfield I highly recommend that it's a story about Jonathan Larson the guy who wrote Rent and uh, it's absolutely amazing I also liked uh, the Power of the Dog would also very good so those are good movies yeah all time though but, man that's so hard to answer i know all time i guess the yeah movies. i don't even have all times but <laughs> star wars episode no 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 you know what and i lord of the rings lord, lord of, of the rings. rings that's my favorite fantastic story behind lord of the rings i think it's so cool yeah that was a good choice great choice For sure. um well, yeah, um, this has been great so far. I think we've got a lot of really cool insights and recommendations. Um, yeah, also, I'm really curious. So I know before we hopped on the show, you were traveling in some like really, really deep snow and cold. And I really want our listeners to hear about that. So if you don't mind explaining that story as well, I thought that was so it was very, very Canadian, very on brand. Um, but it was great. I loved the pictures that you sent as well. If you don't mind, I'd love to share those as well on the show. But yeah, yeah. I thought those were really, really cool. Yeah, I like. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I live in Vancouver, where it's like doesn't actually snow, which is bizarre like it's it's like <laughs> one little you know microcosm in canada where it doesn't snow having said that um there was snow for about three weeks but i wasn't here uh so i missed it all uh but in i'm from winnipeg which is the middle of the country uh which is like excuse me uh which is like minus 20 minus 30 celsius um you know it, it gets to minus 40 so i grew up in like major major snow major cold um toronto when i was there it was it would snow it would melt it would snow it would melt but up in the cottage is where me and my sister went it's my sister's cottage uh and we went up there uh just me her and the corgi and um it was minus 25 and there's no, it wasn't a heater. Like it's a nice cottage, but it's a summer cottage and there was no, but there's no heat. So we uh, had to like go out and get the wood and put it in the woods, two wood stoves and keep it going like all night. And it actually, we got it up to 20, which is what, 60 to do the conversion? Mm, 65? Yeah, no, about 65. Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, it was it was really cold, and and 
yeah um like snow i grew up in like snow blizzard like like when i remember one of my first memories is of the blizz blizzard of 86 where it's like <laughs> snow everywhere and it, like the like everything was shut down um yeah that's 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 normal for me and i you know i've i've wow. been a stopover in phoenix once and i just like how do you it's a dry heat but it's, it's a heat. <laughs> yeah oh, god like 100 degrees no i literally got so sick from coming from toronto to phoenix and it was purely a cold luckily it wasn't covid covid or anything but it was a cold and it was so bad i when you sent me those pictures from the snow i was like wow it wasn't even snowing in toronto and i was just frozen solid <laughs> going through that yeah it was like what it was like three or four degrees so that would be 30 35 36 degrees fahrenheit uh so it wasn't yeah. to me that's like oh that's totally warm that's that's nothing that's still nothing i i, I lived up in uh whitehorse yukon for for a, uh, a time um and now that that gets crazy like it's you know it's it, in the winter it's dark all the time and then the summer it's light all the time i i only live there in the winter and uh yeah they was like mountains everywhere and just snow tons of snow like wow there's also i also went up to Yellowknife in the northwest territories once and it's like minus 40. uh you see the northern lights um and like the people have there's a lake there and in the winter they have uh houseboats so not like houseboats but they have houses that float and they live on the lake and in the winter they it freezes so much that they just drive on the lake wow yeah. oh canada that is so cold if coming from a local perspective and i'm assuming probably not the winter for your suggestion what are some of the best places you would recommend people to go see um i know there's probably so many like up in canada. um yeah uh, well, Van Vancouver is is uh, the most visually stunning place. Um, um, probably why I chose to live here, um, as you can see in the background. Um, it's by the ocean. There's mountains uh, and there's like huge rainforest trees. Um, so you get all of that, and um, and it's not that cold. Like it, you know, it's it's it can it can get nice and warm in the summertime. So I do recommend Vancouver and just like even around Vancouver Island. Um, mm. It's just a beautiful place. But if you really want to experience winter, um, I would actually recommend like Whitehorse, uh, Whitehorse Yukon or Yellowknife Northwest Territories. Like that is that you're getting a real dose of winter up there. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a fair amount of things to do. And, and in Whitehorse, I don't know about Yellowknife too much, but in Whitehorse, there's a lot of uh, trails uh, around the mountains there's mountains everywhere so you can really get some good views yeah you can go dog sledding is what i did i went dog sledding up in whitehorse and then you can also wow. you can also go to these hot springs where you like sit in the hot just like in finland you sit in the hot tub and it's like nice and warm but then you get out and you roll in the snow and then you and then you jump back so i do recommend those wow things. but i also just love canada i mean um quebec is really beautiful um um, mm -hmm. Montreal, of course, I could recommend. Um, I really, I have a, if you like sort of the New York of Canada, I really like Toronto. It's lots to do. It's a big city. Um, yeah. You know, I'm from Winnipeg, so I have my own little soft spot for you know, <laughs> the prairies, the huge sky of the prairies. If you want to go there, maybe not in winter, but in the summertime, I would recommend it. So yeah, there's lots of places to, to sort of, well, what would be really cool if you really have the money and the time is to take a train. 
is to get on the train in Vancouver and take it all the way across Canada and you can get off and you can stay a couple days, you know, in Jasper, there's another beautiful place uh, or Banff. And then you can, you know, actually train doesn't go to Banff, but never mind. You know, you can get off in like Winnipeg and hang out there for a couple of days and take it through the, the, the um, Canadian Shield. So, yeah. That's a great idea. Thank you for the suggestion. I actually am going to look into that after this call because I'm curious and I think that would be really fun. Traveling um, faster. Uh, just, yeah. <laughs> just on Via, look at Via Rail. Our, our main ra uh, railway is called Via Rail. I used to get free train tickets because my dad used to work for CN. So I took that, hmm. that route across Canada many times and it's really beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Definitely a fantastic suggestion. Um, and I hope that encourages our listeners to check it out too and travel and meet people on the train and go oh, and yeah. do that as well. Oh, that's another thing is like, I mean, of course, COVID, blah, blah, blah. But like there's a bar car, there's a dome car. And then, of course, you just meet people. I remember meeting so many people partying. And yeah, no, it's just, I mean, back in my party days. But yeah, no, it's <laughs> a good. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really lovely. Wow. That's really cool. Thank you, John. Um, I'd love to, you know, kind of close this off as well with one final question. Um, and that is if you could tell the world, obviously we have our listeners from all over the world here. If you could tell them one thing about yourself, what would it be? What is like the one thing you want us to know leaving this show today about John? Um, I'm a happy guy. <laughs> Happiness is the key to life really it is is that a, that's probably lip kind of lame Let me no say. i i agree i 100 percent agree with you happiness and love there you go happiness and happiness love. and love my mom, oh. me, my mom taught me that uh, that you know love is is uh, transcends anything you know it's more important and and you know with love you know you you achieve happiness uh and it's not hmm. not romantic love in fact that's hardly just just loving where you live, loving what you do, uh, and being grateful for it. So that's sort of that. Those are my mantras. You know, it's sometimes it's hard to live by that, but um, you know, yeah, yeah. And therapy, therapy is very important <laughs> to help you realize that. Yeah, we love therapy. We love therapy. <laughs> but I totally agree. I think that's fantastic. Um, love and happiness. That is a beautiful way to end this. And people are forever going to remember that and associate you with that now listening to the show. And I think that is perfect. So thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to listen to it. As we prepare for landing on our Getting Global journey, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. DM me and let me know what you think. As a friendly reminder, this podcast is for entertainment purposes and is fully owned and operated by Maddie. The music in this podcast is brought to you by collaboration with my talented friend, Sid. Feel free to follow the Getting Global Instagram for more insights and updates on Getting Global episodes. You can also DM or email any questions or comments you might have. See you soon for our next journey. This is Maddie from Getting Global, all clear for landing.